Wall Street remains braced for a recession, eventually. That's in part because consumers are poised to slow down their spending. March was really kind of a big month in terms of spending slowdown, but it's not just bad news. We're not seeing like things deteriorating at a really rapid pace, um, but the slowdown is there. But a recession may never materialize if consumers keep spending. I continue to think that it's, it's possible uh, that, that this time is really different. And the reason is there's just so much excess demand, really, in the labor market. I mean, it's been amazing how resilient, in a way, the consumer has been to this inflationary shock. The consumer is still very strong. They're just spending differently. People are still spending, and that has been important to the economy. We've been talking about the possibility of recession for what's felt like you know, a, a very, very long time. And for now, you know, the, the global economy is holding up. But some people are reining in their budgets. I don't like to save my money. <laughs> that was part of the problem. I like to spend money. I felt like a lot of people might have a similar experience, especially since we live in a consumer economy. How much longer can consumers keep the U.S. economy afloat? Many Americans are reworking their budgets as inflation stays hot. The last year I was living in Arizona, I was paying rent, and I was getting frustrated because my income was, it felt like it was disappearing. It felt like I wasn't making progress on my savings goals, and I felt like, how am I supposed to not be a renter if I can't save enough to not be a renter anymore? So that was one of the contributing factors to me moving back home to California, where the income is actually higher, and the cost of living is higher as well, but because I'm living at home, I'm saving on that. The reality is that as prices are rising, the things that you have to pay for, the everyday expenses, your rent, your mortgage, your utilities, food, all of that is increasing and increasing dramatically in some cases. In a February 2023 survey, four out of five consumers said they were tightening budgets by buying less in bulk or shopping around more often for better deals. These sorts of micro decisions have a huge influence on the pace of economic growth. Consumer spending represents more than half of the economy. It's close to 70%. If consumer spending is strong, that alone is, generally speaking, enough to keep the economy from slipping into a recession. In Europe, it's a little bit less. Exports are a much more important driver of economic activity than perhaps, say, here in the United States. And then we look at China and other parts of Asia. And again, the manufacturing base, much more important. So yes, the US is very much a standout in terms of the importance of the consumer uh, to, to overall economic health. The strong consumer spending may be keeping inflation hot. In March 2021, the headline inflation rate shot past the Federal Reserve's target of 2%. Fast forward to April 2023, and inflation remained close to 5% annually. The escalating prices are only just beginning to slow people down. Consumers still have the financial buffer. Even when spending is slowing, the process might be gradual because they still have money in their bank accounts. At the end of 2023's first quarter, gross domestic product grew at 1.1%. While not negative, this growth isn't strong enough to rule out the possibility of a recession. Something is occurring underneath the hood here. People are shifting what they buy. People spent big on physical goods during lockdowns, but services are now commanding the strongest spend. When you're looking at where spending is taking place, particularly as you're looking at travel and leisure and entertainment, that is a higher income consumer. According to McKinsey, many people remain ready to splurge on experiences. Spending in other categories like restaurants and apparel are up too, 
but so are absolute necessities. I'm feeling it when it comes to food, which is so weird for me because I've never really concerned myself with how much food costs. You know, what drives consumer spending? Well, it's either your income or your access to debt. Um, no, that's or you or you can run down your savings. This pressure from all three factors is 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 going to make um, uh, even if we don't get a recession, it's going to be quite a painful economic period for many many households in America. Economists believe that people with less money may turn to credit to cover expenses in this economy. I think it's really scary how much people are using credit to be able to afford what they need to have every day. That sentiment shows up in this data set from the Bank of America Institute. We care about credit utilization because we want to see how leveraged is a consumer, right? Are they really borrowing to finance their spending or are they spending the money they already have? Through the pandemic, Americans were using less credit. But that trend is starting to reverse. At the end of 2022, the average household had nearly $10,000 in credit card debt. Analysts believe that nationwide credit card debt may soon reach $1 trillion, an all-time high. Putting everyday expenses on credit is so very dangerous because we know that as interest rates have been rising, so have rates on credit cards. So is the interest that you're paying on that money that you are indeed borrowing to pay for everyday expenses. Credit card interest rates have never been higher, topping 20% nationwide in February. These interest rates move up and down depending on the central bank's federal funds rate. And these rates are generally only charged to customers who carry a monthly balance. As consumers run into headwinds, other parts of the economy are flashing warning signs, too. There's been a lot of speculation since the recent failures of a couple of large banks. This could spark a reduction in, in credit. You know, banks are becoming much more nervous. They've seen a bit of deposit flight in some of these small and regional banks. This combination of higher borrowing costs and reduced access to credit. This double pincer movement, if you like, on the household and the corporate sector of America is, I think, what could be really, really uh, concerning and damaging uh, for the growth prospects. While the average consumer is doing well, the economy is split. This demand could be driven by strong growth in assets, particularly housing. In the US, home prices have risen nationwide by more than 30% since 2020. Roughly two-thirds of U.S. households own a home. Economists believe that these house price increases can amplify spending. If you do, in fact, have equity in your home, you may potentially be in the market for a home equity line of credit. This is the ability to borrow against your home value. But there are risks of home equity lines of credit, too, especially depending on the path of interest rates. You have to keep in mind that you are indeed borrowing money here. And so there will be rates, interest rates on this amount of money that you're borrowing. So it's something to consider, but to look at very carefully to make sure that you're still able to cover the cost of living in your home. The Federal Reserve, for now, says those interest rates will stay higher for longer. With today's action, we have raised interest rates by five percentage points in a little more than a year. We are seeing the effects of our policy tightening on demand, it will take time, however, for the full effects of monetary restraint to be realized, especially on inflation. When this rate's going up, it makes economic conditions tighter for everybody, especially people without assets. It's been the most aggressive and rapid pace of interest rate increases for 40 years. We can all feel it in our pockets. So I had this form up in my bio on my social media, and I said, hey, like, would you like a budget? Fill this out. I'll send you a budget. And over 200 people replied in the span of like three days, which was completely overwhelming. No, I did not get to everybody. That was shocking, the amount of people that I was worried for. 
Another factor may be weighing on Americans. The average tax refund in 2023 is lower than it was in 2022. This can affect the purchasing power of moderate income families. But another positive sign for the lower income is that their wage level, their wage growth is still the highest among all income cohorts. And now if you think about the other side of income spectrum, the higher income folks, our data is showing that their wage levels are falling, right? What they're making in the paycheck right now might be smaller than a year ago, but they're not seeing so much of a drawdown in their bank savings um, because they presumably accumulate a lot of savings um, over the pandemic. So with these two factors combined, I think both ends of income spectrum are facing some headwind, um, but there's other counter factor that, that provides additional buffer to them. Leading economists haven't declared a recession as of May 2023, but some do see early signs of a slowdown mounting. I think if you view this post-COVID recovery as an era that has been elevating into the atmosphere, I think it's losing its energy now. It hasn't yet started to turn down, but I think it's clearly facing stronger headwinds now. I think it's unlikely that we're currently in a recession. And probably the biggest reason for that is that the labor market is as strong as it is. Many of those open jobs are in demanding industries like food and hospitality. The future path of the economy could depend on whether businesses can pay these workers a living wage. From an income perspective, things, they're not as good as perhaps they were. You know, we had this period where income inequality perhaps can, can, yeah, perhaps shrunk, uh, but now I fear that we are in, once again in the situation where those that have got the cash are in a much better position um, than those that are unfortunately uh, struggling a little bit more. I think many people are still living paycheck to paycheck. So this is not pain, financial pain that's only facing a few. It's facing the majority of Americans, regardless of how much money they're making.